Well, good morning. Welcome to you. Good, thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Good morning. I, I was wondering if my microphone was off. Good morning. You may not recognize me because you, you haven't seen me for two Sundays. Maybe that, that's why. Um, but uh, welcome to you. I'm glad that you're here in the house of the Lord. Uh, and I did, some of you are asking, I did have a great vacation. We, we had a great vacation, my husband and I. And it's always good to be home. It's good to come back. And, and I did miss you. Yeah, when I was on the beach, I, I thought of you and I said a prayer for you, those of you here. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, this morning before we, we jump in, I do want to tell you a couple things. One is that um, the message today is a little different than how I normally preach. This is a teaching that I originally intended for a Bible study, but as I was preparing further, I thought, you know, this is something that is relevant for a larger uh, group, and so this is why I'm sharing it with you today. And I do also want to say thank you to Sonia Chan Chun and to Pat Nash for helping me put together the visuals um, that I'm going to be using later for this message. I'm a visual learner, and so I thought it would be helpful to show you as well, so for those of you who are also uh, visual learners as well. Have you ever looked at someone and thought, wow, they just look so perfect. They look like they have it all together or you, you, know, you really like their hair or their skin or, or something about them. And, and sometimes you say, oh, I wish I looked like them or I wish I had that. Or we often place value upon the physical body, right? Because that's what we see. We often place a lot of our value upon ourselves and upon other people based on the things that we see, even if we don't necessarily know the person. Well, today, I'm not only going to tell you, but I'm going to show you that you are more than just a pretty face. You are more than just a pretty face. Most Christians are familiar with the uh, biblical account of creation, and if you're not, then that's okay. I would encourage you to read it. It's found in the first few chapters of Genesis, and so you can do that at another time in detail. But most people are acquainted with creation, and especially the creation of Adam and Eve, right? Most of you probably heard of them. Well, we're going to read uh, the sixth day of creation and what happened on that day. And so if you're able to, would you stand, please? And we're going to read Genesis chapter 1, starting from verse 24. And it says this. <clears throat> then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life, and that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. And Lord, as we read and are reminded about your creation, we're reminded of truly how great and awesome you are. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are the God of all creation the one that who not only creates, but the one who holds everything in place. And so, Lord, today we pray that you would open up our eyes and our hearts and our minds to hear from you. May your Holy Spirit speak to us, and we pray indeed that you would help us to learn and to see things in a new way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? What, what do you see when you look? This is not a mirror, by the way, but when you look in the mirror, what do you see? I mean, you may see hair or no hair, right? You may see teeth or, or no teeth. You may see, you know, different body parts, you know, skin, wrinkles, no wrinkles, you know, whatever it is. But essentially what you look at when you look in the mirror is you're looking at your physical body. Right? You see that physical body right in front of you, and you see everything, both the good and the bad, <laughs> the flaws and, and the things that you're happy about. But you are looking at the physical body that you were born with. And so we all have different bodies, different shapes and sizes, but essentially our bodies are pretty much the same in terms of the fact that we're made of flesh and bones, right? Would you agree with that? Okay, so this is, you're gonna have to give me some feedback today, okay? So, can you see this? Yeah, okay, so human body here. And this looks like a really, you know, perfect body in, in a way, right? Like, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty lean, pretty good. Um, so essentially, we all have the same type of body flesh and bones, but of course, they vary in terms of shape and sizes and skin color and height and, and all of those things. And, and we see God's creativity in that, right? If you pinch yourself, you are feeling a physical matter. You're feeling what we physically are made of, our skin, our flesh, and our bones. Something that you can physically see and physically touch. And we use our human bodies, the bodies that we were born with, to interact with the world around us. So essentially, our bodies have five physical senses, right? Do you remember what they are? Sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. So we use those to interact with the world around us. Sometimes um, we're limited in those senses, um, but for the most part, those are the senses that we have that help us to interact with the world. Now, with the physical bodies that we have, we also have physical needs that need to be met. 
So needs like food, water, shelter, clothing, sleep. Are, are, you, are you with me so far? So those are the needs that we have. Obviously, there are more than that, but these are some of the essential needs that our human body needs to be met. So when God created Adam and Eve, understand that he originally created them to live forever. He created them to live forever. That means that he created them spiritual beings with a physical body, not the other way around. Because God's intention was that they would live forever, that we would live forever. You can put that on the screen. So they were created spiritual beings with a physical body. Now, God had given, as we read and we read in Scripture, Adam and Eve all the fruits and the plants and the trees for their food. However, we also learn throughout Scripture that there was one specific tree that he told them not to eat from, and that is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said you can eat of any other tree, any other plant, but not of this specific tree. Now, unfortunately, they ate of that tree. They ate from that tree. They decided to disobey what God told them, and they sinned. So the sin that came into the world led to the perfect world that God created and the perfect people that God created now being in a fallen state, in a sinful state. You with me so far? <clears throat> okay, good. So now they were in a sinful state. Now, here's something I want you to keep in mind. This is just a, a side note here. If you read scripture, you see that after God kicked them out of the garden and they had to leave the garden, he placed cherub, he placed cherub and he placed um, a flaming sword to guard the tree um, of life and guard the garden, essentially. What God was doing was not punishing them to be mean and miserable to them, but God in his mercy and his compassion was ensuring that Adam and Eve or no one else would eat from the tree of life, leading to living forever in a state of sinfulness. So God in his compassion and his mercy did not want human beings to live forever in a state of sin, in a state of sorrow and hurt and pain and suffering. Could you imagine what that would be like to live forever in a world where there's so much pain and so much hurt? And so he sent the, the angel and the, the flaming sword to guard the tree so that they would not be able to eat from it. When God created in six days, he put in place a system of reproduction in the world, meaning that he created things to have the ability to reproduce itself and to produce offspring. Here's what Genesis 1.25 says. It says, God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. So if you think about the world around us, Flowers, there are some flowers that are able to come back every year, right? Some of you who are gardeners would know that. There are some trees and uh, plants that can produce fruits and vegetables, and they're able to come back every year. Animals are able to mate with each other and produce offspring. Human beings are able to produce life. 
You see, there is a system of reproduction that God put in place at creation in order to allow us to recreate. God is a God of order, and he put a system in place for us. So here's a question for you. So if that system that God originally created to be perfect, because remember he saw that it was good, meaning it was perfect, without flaw, without defect. If the system that God created became flawed and sinful and corrupted, then that would mean that everything that came from that system of reproduction also became flawed. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Also became flawed, because you can't have something perfect come out of something flawed. All right, so I want to tell you about when I was in grade nine. When I, was high when I was in high school and when I was in grade nine, I worked at McDonald's part-time after school. I don't know if any of you knew that, but I worked part-time at McDonald's. And so, you know, I did everything, but one of the main things that I did was they always wanted me to take orders at drive-through because they thought my voice was perky or something, right? So, <clears throat> but occasionally when drive-through wasn't busy, you have to do other things, cleaning and, and, and whatnot. But one of the jobs that nobody wanted to ever do, because it was a lot of work, was to refill the ice cream machine. So, and, and here's why, because you had to go down in the basement, go and bring this awkward, heavy bag, then you had to go upstairs the stairs, you had to climb up a ladder, because it was a high machine, you had to try to get everything so it didn't you know, fall over, pour it, it was heavy. So nobody really wanted to ever do that, okay? So side note, if they ever tell you the machine isn't working, it's probably because nobody wanted to fill it, okay? So, <clears throat> so, so one day I come in um, after school for my shift, and they immediately tell us, don't sell ice cream. Make sure that you tell you know, anyone who's trying to order ice cream that they can't order it. The machine's not working. And I said, is it not working? Or is it that nobody wanted to fill it, right? And they said, no, it's not working because unfortunately, someone um, earlier had put the wrong thing into the machine. I think they put like the cream from the coffee into the machine because they were in similar bags. And so we weren't able to sell any ice cream, but here's the thing, because it's a big tank that all the mixture goes in, the cream from the coffee or whatever it was that was put in was now mixed with the original ice cream mix that was already in there, right? So, I mean, technically you could, something could come out of the machine, but it wasn't proper ice cream. It was liquidy and runny, and it wasn't the same color or texture, and so you could tell that it wasn't the exact same, but it looked similar. Here's the other thing. The only way that this ice cream or this cream would come out of the machine is if you allowed it to run its course and come out. Because it's a big tank, the only way that you're getting that cream out is to literally take apart the whole machine to empty the tank. And I mean, none of us were about to do that, right? Or knew how to do that. And so we couldn't sell the ice cream because it was all messed up. It was, in a sense, corrupted. <clears throat> it was corrupted and it wasn't able to be sold because it wasn't the right ingredient. Why am I telling you this? You see, originally when God created us, as I said, he put in place a system of reproduction 
a system that allowed us as human beings and things of this world to be able to reproduce. And when God created, he created everything to be perfect. But because of sin coming in this world, sin tainted and made everything that God had created to be good now sinful and corrupted. So everything that came out of this world after now became in the same way sinful and corrupted and not originally what God created. Therefore, because Adam and Eve was the first man and woman that God had created, everyone who descended from them afterwards, and obviously we come from that line because everyone descended from them, now was born not only into a sinful world, but in a sinful state. Does that make sense? In a sinful state of being. That means that we're all born imperfect. Now, I know some of you, your parents told you that you're perfect, right? Or maybe they didn't. I don't know. Someone told you that. But the truth is that none of us are perfect, right? There's always something. We, there's always a flaw, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, whatever it is, we all are flawed in some way. Some may have more evident visual flaws than other or imperfections, we can call them, but we're all flawed in some way. Now, regardless of how we are imperfect or regardless of the kind of flaws or, or things that we may have that are wrong with us, it is so important that we understand that no one who may have, you know, a disability, an extra body part, missing a body part, this, should be treated in any way, shape, or form different than anyone else because they are worthy and deserving of the same love and respect and appreciation that anyone else is. Okay, so I want you to understand that. But I need you to understand that because of the imperfection that we are born with, we're in a sinful body, in a sinful world, in a sinful state. And even though God originally created us to be perfect, Adam and Eve to be perfect, they were now imperfect. Everything that came from them now was imperfect. Because God is a God who cannot create anything less than perfect. He cannot create anything less than perfect. He allows nature to run its course in creation. So even though God is part of our creation, we come from our, our mother's womb. We come from a reproduction system that has already been in place. So therefore, we are in what, lack of a better word, corrupted bodies. We age, we get older, we break bones, we wrinkle, we deteriorate, and eventually we die over time, over years. We do not last forever. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, 53 says, For this corruptible body must put on incorruption, and this mortal body must put on immortality. So the fact that we're not perfect is okay. Because one day, God is going to change all of this, and we will be in a glorified, perfect state so that we will be able to go to heaven and be in his presence for eternity. 
This is merely part of who we are. The body that you're in right now, we need to take care of. You need to love, you need to appreciate, you need to treat it properly, but know that it's not all that you are. It's only a part of who you are because you are more than just a pretty face, right? Have you ever been told by someone, or maybe you've told someone, that you're just like your mother, you're just like your father, you're just like a grandparent? Has that ever happened? And when, when someone says that, they can mean it in two ways. They can mean that you may physically look like that person, so that, you know, you have the same face or the same nose or the same chin or the same eyes or whatever. So there may be physical resemblance, but they also may mean personality-wise that you may be just like them. Like, oh, you're very shy, just like your grandfather was. Or you're very outspoken, just like your grandmother was. Or, or, or whatever that may mean. So in a sense, you have similar characteristics and qualities of that person. God has made each and every one of us in his image and in his likeness. That means that we have certain characteristics and traits that God has. And God is three in one. We know that the scripture tells us, explains Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and we often refer to him as the Trinity. And the, the word Trinity is actually not found in the Bible, but it's a word that we use to describe the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we see the different characteristics of God displayed throughout the Trinity. But it's interesting that God is three in one, and he's also created us to be three in one. You know how? Because we have body, we have soul, and we have spirit. Three in one. Now you may ask, is there a difference between your soul and your spirit? Have you ever asked that question or wondered that? Is there a difference between your soul and spirit? Well, for many, many years, I always assumed that they were the same thing, that they were just used interchangeably, the word soul and spirit. But when I did more research, I realized that they're not. They're actually two different things. We have soul and we have spirit, and they are different. So the same way that God is three in one, he has also created us to be three in one. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, we read, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the Lord comes. May your whole spirit, soul, and body. Therefore, we see that they are three different things. Just as we have a body, we also have a soul and a spirit. The Bible tells us that there is a difference between the two. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So scripture tells us that they are two different things because it says that the word of God cuts deep between the soul and the spirit. It cuts between the two, meaning that they are two different things. In Genesis 2, we're given greater detail into the creation of Adam and Eve. God created us as human beings completely different 
than how he created other creation. Notice that when God created, he spoke things into being. But when it came to the creation of human beings, it tells us in verse 7, Genesis 2, verse 7, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. God literally formed us by hand. That Adam was handmade by God. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. God literally handmade Adam. He literally made him. We are his handiwork. So I want to explain this to you. All right, so you see on the board we have body, soul, and spirit, right? Okay, I promise that you're going to learn something. So in ancient Greek, the word soma is translated body. The word soma is translated body, and the Bible describes this body as the outer man, all right? Then we see in Genesis 2, 7, what we just read, we see the, the body part. It says, then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground, creating the body of man, all right? You're seeing that? Then we see the Greek word psyche means it's translated soul. The Greek word psyche is translated soul. So we know that a soul is what makes a person alive. When a person dies, their soul leaves their body. Their soul is separated from their body. So look at the scripture. In Genesis 2, 7, at the end here, it says, and the man became a living person. The thing that makes him alive, the soul. The Greek word pneuma is a word that is directly translated meaning breath. And this word pneuma is used to mean spirit. Okay, so watch this. Genesis 2, 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. So we saw body. He breathed the breath, the pneuma, into him. The breath of life into him. Giving him and um, allowing him to become a living person. So God literally put the spirit within a human being. He literally put a part of himself within Adam, and each one of us has a part of God. You see, God is a God of intimacy, and he loves us so much. And there is a longing and a desire within us for more than this world has to offer. Simply put, because we have a part of God within us. And until we fill it with the things that are of God and God himself, we will never truly be satisfied. Because God has literally put a part of himself within us to have a relationship with us. He has put that spirit within to have a relationship with him. That is why God values and he treasures us more than all other creations. Because we are made in his image and his likeness. My friends, you are more than just a pretty face. You are a masterpiece. You are God's handiwork. You are created by him. Remember I told you a little bit ago about how there was a reproductive system put in place, right? God put that reproductive system in place. Well, you see, when God put that in place, he partners with us to be able to create life. Here's what I mean. Genesis 4.1 says this. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, 
I have produced a man. You see, we cannot produce life just on our own. It is with God's help. And so the help that God gives, okay, comes what the psalmist says in Psalm 139, verse 13. The psalmist writes, for you created, this is talking to God, for you created my inmost being. Now remember I told you this is referred to as the outer man, the body. This is referred to as the inner man or the inner being. For you created my inmost being. Do you see that? That God literally partners with us in creation to produce something. So even though the imperfections may come in the physical body that we may be born with or develop over time, there is a part of God within us that desires something more. There are people that will often say that they feel that there's something more, that they feel, you know, a spiritual connection with something they just don't know what. Because God has placed within us a longing and a desire that only he can fill. I want you to understand that no matter who you are, no matter what you look like or where you've come from, what your abilities or disabilities may be, that you are loved, that you are special, that you are unique, that you are valued by God. And remember that you are more than just a pretty face. My friends, there's so much more that I want to share with you. And so next week, come back. Because next week, I'm going to go into more detail to explain what the function and the relationship and purpose is for each one of those parts, for the body, for the spirit, and for the soul. What they do, why they're there, and how they are connected together to make us who we are. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the God of all creation. We thank you, Father, that in you we find our being, our purpose, meaning for life, all that we are. And we thank you that you have created us unique and different than anything else in all this world. We thank you that you have made us in your image and your likeness. And so, God, we pray that you would help us to live in such a way that pleases you to live in a way that glorifies who you are. And so we thank you that no matter what we may look like, no matter what we may be able to do, that we can remember that we are special and unique because you have created us. And so God, may you bless each one. May you open up our minds to continue to hear from your spirit and may you speak. Have your way, Lord. May you take our life. May you take our being. May you take all that we are and use it to honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.